Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. Hear the words of the epistle. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in every situation, because this is, what, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't suppress the spirit, don't brush off spirit-inspired messages, but examine everything carefully and hang on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and will do this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So for those of you joining us for the first time, or um, those of you in need of a little reminder, we are in the season of Advent, celebrating the coming of Christ. And in the season, we light a different candle each week until Christmas, remembering those things. Week one, Pastor Carlos talked to us about hope. Week two, um, Pastor Lane talked to us about peace. And this week, I will share about joy. And even when we look back at the celebration of the coming of Jesus um, in the stable in Bethlehem, we also look forward in anticipation of the second coming of Christ as the fulfillment of all that was promised in the first coming. This is where our scripture this morning is focused. The book of Thessalonians is the first of many letters attributed to Paul. Paul being the same man who went around persecuting Christians and putting them to death for their beliefs. But after encountering Jesus, he spent the rest of his life converting non-believers and sharing the gospel. That's a different sermon for a different time, but just to give you a little perspective, Paul traveled, establishing communities of followers, and one of those communities being in the city of Thessalonica. We learn from other letters that Paul was pretty successful with his ministry in Thessalonica, but he did encounter some opposition. Because of the opposition, Paul left the city, but feared for the newly formed Christian community. He feared that they would be persecuted. Before leaving, though, Paul taught standard Christian beliefs. He taught them that the Messiah has come, the Messiah had died, and they were thoroughly convinced that the Messiah would come back to complete the work that he had begun. Even though they did not know the time or the day of the, second of the second coming, the Thessalonians were fully convinced, and they insisted that this would happen in their lifetime. This brought them great joy. But soon after Paul left, the joy of the community began to dwindle. People of the church began to die, and because Jesus had not returned yet, Serious doubt arose among the living Thessalonians. I mean, we can relate to the Thessalonians. Think about any time that you've watched a movie trailer or you saw some infomercial on some world's claimed best product. 
and you get the thing and come to find out you wasted all of your money. And if you're like me, you contemplate actually suing the company for false advertisement even though you know that's not realistic. I'm sure that's exactly how the Thessalonians felt. They felt gypped and they probably wanted to call Paul and ask for a refund. If Paul was mistaken on this point, what else could Paul be wrong about? He had some major explaining to do, which prompted the writing of this letter. On top of there being no apparent sign of the return of the Messiah, the Christian community faced persecution. We aren't told the level of persecution that they faced, but Paul does compare their suffering to the suffering of the Christian community in Judea. Judea, where, com- where converts and pof- prophets were silenced, kicked out, and told they didn't matter. Where converts and prophets were thrown in prison for what they believed in. Where the converts were killed by their own people. If this is what the Thessalonians face, we can empathize in their pain and loss of joy. As not, as not much has changed in our society today. I mean, just think back to the mass shootings in Charleston, where nine African Americans were killed inside of their church, or examples from this year alone, where neo-Nazis protest in Charlottesville, or, sh- or the shooting in the Bapt- of the Baptist church that took place just recently. The list can go on and on and on, as we imagine it is hard to keep your faith and to find joy in such toxic and harmful environments. But our scripture is Paul's encouragement to the Thessalonians to keep their joy in the midst of hardship. He tells them to rejoice always, pray continuously, and give thanks in every situation. I don't know about you, but that is something that I struggle with, especially in a world that seems so divided. But even when we have joy in our own lives, in our own individual lives, things that seem to be going relatively well, it is so easy for us to find the smallest inconvenience to be unhappy about. Paul encourages us to do the exact opposite. In the midst of pain, in the midst of hardship, When things seem to be falling apart, when our nation seems to be divided, when lives are being taken, and when words of hate are being spread, Paul encourages us to find joy and to give thanks. Because after all, we are a people of faith who serves a God bigger and stronger than that which causes pain and steals our joy. Much like Paul feared for the growth of the early church, in a world he knew would give them trouble. Two mothers feared for the growth of their children for the exact same reason. Ashley and Valencia, daughters, are best friends. In fact, they consider each other more than best friends. They consider each other twins. They found great joy in their sisterhood, and when efforts were made to take that away, these girls did not let anything steal their joy from them. They continue to rejoice in a strong bond today. 
Let's take a look at this video. Miami preschoolers Gia Sarnicola and Zuri Copeland say they're not best friends. I know. They say they're closer than that. Closer than mere sisters even. Because I don't know who washed the paintbrush. In fact, Gia and Zuri truly believe they're twins. Oh yeah. Ashley and Valencia are their moms. They will tell you that they are twins and they have a long list of reasons why to back it up. <laughs> to them, what makes a twin? Uh, similarities. Similarities. Look, come, come here. For example, the girls say they're both four, their birthdays are practically the same day, and of course the obvious physical similarities. So what am I looking at here? The same height. Oh, because you're the same height. Clearly twins. Which is why they also insist on matching outfits whenever possible. So far, Ashley and Valencia have indulged them, but they also recognize there is some bitter to this suite. You know, you're happy for, you know, for a few seconds and then you become sad because they have to grow up mm. and then society takes over. Indeed, society has already tried to take over. Last month, Zuri and Gia were at a birthday party when an older kid told them they couldn't be twins because they don't have the same skin color. Gia broke down, but through her tears, she got out this rebuttal. She said, you don't know what you're talking about. We're twins because we share the same soul. Uh, I just get chill bumps. Um... Soul? I was just like thrown by just that word. Yeah. Obviously, what Gia was trying to say is that at our core, we are one. And as we look back on this year, with all its division and racial strife, it's important to remember that while all this was going on, so was this. We have a lot to learn, right. and, and we can learn from children. In fact, the moms say they already have. For sure. Yeah. We've never talked so much on the phone. Yeah. And that's what the twins want for all of us, to push back against the cynics. Some girls say we're not twins, and we are twins. And to stop it with this discrimination business once and for all. And it makes her sad. That way, they say, we can move on to the more important things in life. You know what we're going to get today? What? We're going to get ice cream! Steve Hartman. And you don't. Oh. On the road, without ice cream, in Miami. I can get another... We share the same soul. How beautiful is that? We have a lot to learn from these twins, Gina and Zori. And church, I pray that we find and share in the joy that these young girls have. I pray that one day we will realize that at our core, we are one. Because at our core is where we find the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of Christ that we all share in. I pray this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.